son to our church. Can we give it up for him? Thank you. God bless you. Love you. Thank you. Bless you. All right. Awesome. Hey, it's good to be with you again. Go ahead and have a seat. On my way here this morning, I was driving from Fenton. I was at uh, the hotel there, and I'm, on my way in, I had this thought that I want to communicate, and this thought is this. My life is better because of the Forstoffs. Think about that. Is your life just a little bit better because of the Forstoffs, huh? When God connects you with people, you've you got to make sure you're not a taker, that you invest back, because when relationships last... It's because one person's not just taking, they're both investing into each other. And that's what we have here at Cornerstone. I'm very honored and privileged to be here. And uh, this morning, I was blessed to, to be part of a service. If you weren't here, they say sometimes revival's out when, breaks out when services go long. So I got here at nine, and I'm going to be here until about 1230. So that's one long service. Revival is here. But here's, here's how that operates, at least as I think about it. I, I thought this morning that uh, I want my prayer life to be the kind of prayer life that will not miss one direction from God. I want to be the kind of man that when God, go ahead and throw me that ball there, uh, Luke, when, when God speaks, I hear it and I respond. And if you think about it, I think so often that at least when I go back to my earliest days, I thought prayer was simply locking myself into a closet uh, ignoring everything and everybody else, and it was hard to find a job like that. Anybody know what I mean? You got to work, right? So a lot of times it's like I want to do that, but I didn't do that because I had to work and I had to take care of a family. I had to do lots of things. I went in the army, but I found out that everywhere I went, if I watched the 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 condition of my heart, if I postured my heart in such a way that God literally could speak to me on the move. And then this morning, I heard the service, and the service was really all about this. If you draw near to God, God will draw near to you, and people draw near to God, and oftentimes, we've got to be careful, because when we draw near to God, if we're not careful, we simply ask for things. I want healing. I want financial help. I want this. I want my marriage. I want this. And God's saying, listen, those things are good, but those were not the things that are an end of themselves. What I'm calling you to do is I'm calling you to serve me. I'm calling you to engage in this season of your life. And so when I was praying for Cornerstone, the Lord said this, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because God's preparing you to get ready. Jesus is coming again. And not only is Jesus coming to earth, listen, he's looking for men and women, boys and girls, it doesn't matter your age, who will be prepared to receive a pass on the move. So I want to talk to you about it. I know religious people don't like this kind of talk because the the Muslims, for instance, pray five times a day. Very disciplined, five times a day. The Jews say, well, they're going to pray three times a day. And if you're not careful, you're in your room thinking, okay, I'm going to stay here and pray until Jesus comes. And Jesus says, listen, I need you to get in the game. I need you to say yes to me. I need you to quit debating Quit talking yourself out of that. For instance, you ever had the Lord speak to you, remind you, go read the scriptures, and you didn't do it? Listen, it's not the devil speaking to you, go read the word. God's speaking to you, read the word. And so the plan of God is to get you to move. So I, I was thinking about Alex over here today. Alex and Wyatt are here with Pastor, and, and uh, Alex, you can get this one for me? I'm going to throw it to you. All right, ready? All right, good catch. It was a 
testing ground. Here's the idea. The Lord's saying that one day, Alex, God's going to send you to the Philippines. I don't know what's in the Philippines. I don't know if there's any connection to the Philippines. But because you were on the move, you're moving today. Dad, you'll be the confirmation of this. You're going to do something incredible in the Philippines. Now, I don't know if that's this year, next year. Sometimes when God spoke to me, it could be 30 years. I don't know. But all the things and attributes that God is, when I began to really find out about prayer, I press into God and I began to think this. The first thing that happens when I go to prayer is that God himself reveals himself to me. And the more you understand his love, the more you understand his grace, the more you understand grace through faith and not of yourselves, the more revelation you get of how good he is, this world will have nothing on you. Because there'll never be a deficit that you won't be able to overcome. There'll never be an issue that you'll see too big. When the Bible says magnify the Lord, it literally means make him bigger than all the other things in your life. I remember as a teenager, I just got probably a little bit older than, than Alex, but I left for college the year I graduated high school. And I remember, so, I, I remember experiencing his presence. I, I remember God doing something on the inside of me that was helping me deal with my negative self-talk. Anybody ever, ever have any negative self-talk? They say 87% of, of self-talk is negative. And I had some father deficits, and, and I wanted to be a, a lot taller, and, and I had this issue and that issue, and I, I thought, man, I, I got a big nose. How am I ever going to be a speaker with a big nose? And, and I had all these thoughts that I had to deal with in my mind until God showed up and began to father me and began to heal those areas in me, but he wasn't healing me, so I was healed. Listen, he was healing me, so I wouldn't listen to the, self, uh, the negative self-talk. I would listen to what he said, and when I did what he said, I found out that amazing things could happen in my life. That God could take a little high school graduate and send him off to college when I thought I was going to go in the Air Force and be an Air Force pilot. I remember thinking in those moments, I'm going to be an amazing pilot. Then I realized I wasn't that good in math. You know what I'm saying? It's like you want to go be an engineer and you realize you were not wired to be an engineer. My mom, when I grew up, she told me I could do anything. I I could be president of the United States, she said until I grew up and realized I couldn't do a quarter of the things my mom said I could do. (laughs) And I had to learn from the scriptures to take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of God's word and one whisper from heaven, listen to me this morning, one whisper from heaven can change the course of your life. So what I learned, I learned this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 17, it says you and I need to be the kind of believers, listen, that pray without ceasing. How do you do that? You, I live life. I work a job. I, I, I do several things. I, I've started a couple, three nonprofits. I've started a church. I've started a business. I, I'm doing all these different... How in the world am I supposed to spend all my time in a closet praying? All right, Alex, can you throw me the ball? What I found out is that I've got to be willing to adjust. And when, when someone's getting ready to throw something to you, you don't tell them how to throw it. You adjust... You pivot so that you can actually catch the ball that's being thrown. And what if I was saying this this morning, that your prayers, listen, God's getting ready to pass out assignments at Cornerstone. He's saying it's time for you to get ready for the next level of what I've called you to. Now, you've prayed for people, you've supported people, you've sponsored people, you've helped people, but God's saying, when are you going to catch the pass I'm sending to you? And I know what some of you are thinking, well, I'm getting older now, I'm just going to pass it to somebody else. I'm going to pass it, I'm getting older. And the Lord's saying, listen, Your latter days can be greater than your former. 
Because God's not trying to compete or compare your life with someone else's life. What he's trying to say, at your life or whatever age, young or old, you can listen to me, do what I say, and when you do what I say, I can accomplish things, listen, that you couldn't do on your own. The NFL pays players millions of dollars to catch a pass. And this morning, God's trying to He's trying to, now, did you see what he just did? I looked at him. I gave him a little hand signal, right? You saw that? It was real quick. You have to rewind the. Okay, I looked. Then all of a sudden, he was like. He had to get ready, right? So in my life, here's, here's the key. In my life, I realized I'm not that smart. I'm not that brilliant. I'm not that good. He, matter of fact, I'm so bad that the Lord told me to write a book 20 years ago. Guess what? I'm still writing that book. Not done yet, but it's going to get done. But here's what I want you to know. I, I've simply walked up my life by being attentive to a whisper and saying, God, I, I can't do ministry without you. I I can't live without you. I can't get, I, listen, I'm so, in some ways, lame. God had to tell me the woman he wanted me to marry. I didn't even know. She came to me, told me she loved me, she wanted to marry me. And I'm like, sorry about that. I, that's bad. I, I feel bad for you. No, I... I knew her from church. I never held her hand. I made a commitment to the Lord as a teenager. After I received Christ, I'd never, I'd never kiss a woman again because if I knew I'd kiss her for my flesh, I'd, just, I'd go where I shouldn't go. So I said, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to kiss him until I get married. So three years went by, and all of a sudden she tells me she loves me. I tell her, no, I, I don't know what you're, th- you're... You didn't hear from the Lord, young lady. You need to go find somebody that does because I, I, I already know somebody I'm going to marry. And I'll never forget the day when I was at home sleeping. And while I was sleeping, I was, I was awakened by a dream. And the dream was initially so fearful. I, I, it just, it, it, I felt like someone was standing over my bed with a hatchet. That's how that, my dream went. It, it was almost as if I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. This is what happens. I, I call it analysis paralysis. Sometimes... We get so overwhelmed by a situation that we don't do anything. And God's calling you this morning not only to hear him, not only to receive the pass he's throwing to you, but then you've got to have the courage to run the ball. You've got, you've got, to, you've got to be able to say yes to the Philippines if God brings it across your path. God's got to get a people in these last days, men, women, young, old, it doesn't matter, handicapped, non-handicapped, whatever your issues are, don't see very well, uh, are in a wheelchair, it doesn't matter where you are. What God is calling his church to is to a place where you and I, listen, can receive Alex back to you. Save that girl behind you. Excellent, good. So all of a sudden, you begin to really, am I capable of, of hearing and receiving a word from God? Are, anybody here capable of that? Yeah. We all are, because God speaks to your spirit. That's right. not, all, not all of you have to have the hands of Alex. He's caught a couple passes so far. You don't have to be that good. What you need to do, watch this, is you've got to begin to take a look at your heart. 
Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So for the most part, when I come to church, I can tell a little bit about you by listening to what comes out of your mouth. I can listen to people who are in doubt very easily because I can just hear how you talk about God and how big God is in your life. Well, he can part the Red Sea, but he can't pay my bills this week. No, that's your lack of faith, not God's lack of power. The other thing that needs to be aware of is that I, I've had to learn that the best thing I can do in my relationship with God is make sure that he is able, I'm willing to let him deal with the deep things of my heart. I don't know how to explain it to you. It's not scientific, but, but I know when my heart's in a bad spot. And I know when my heart is simply saying, God, I'm, I'm yours. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, Repent, therefore, be converted, but times of refreshing would come from the Lord. So God's wanting us to come to him as little children and allow our hearts to be broken before him because when I, when I really stood broken before the Lord, when I said yes to Christ, one of the first things that happened is not only did I understand more about God, God revealed himself to me, but then I began to watch how God revealed me to me. Have you noticed our world today that we've got so many snowflakes that they can't even handle criticism? I know back in the day, Pastor, I used to have coaches that would just like scream at us, <laughs> yell at us. I'd say one day, I don't want to go swimming. And my coach literally would pick me up and throw me in the pool with my clothes on. <laughs> I mean, you can't get away with that stuff now, right? I've got all this stuff. But my coach, now watch this. This is like sixth, seventh grade. And this coach would ride me. I remember telling my coach, I've got asthma. Get out of there, Ferrante. Get moving. Get out of here. I think he pushed me right out of asthma. And I went through some humiliating things because I didn't want to do some things my coaches told me to do and they made me do them anyway. But it was getting me ready. But you, you want to know what it was getting me ready for? My football coach of all those years from junior high to, to high school came to my church one Sunday and I almost felt like, don't yell. I, 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 I've been, it's like 40 years, right? He, he comes to my church and I, I'm still intimidated a little bit by him. But I thought to myself, he prepared me back in my younger days to do what I didn't want to do. And now I'm intimidated by him, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what I don't want to do. Hey, coach! You're here with a group of believers I haven't seen you here before, but it'd be my great honor to pray with you to receive Christ in the church service. Okay, Ferrante, go! And I went down, I gave him a big hug, and, and I remember, would I be willing, listen, would I be willing to face a fear? I remember one time standing in a, uh, I went to a movie theater, and I was so inspired by the movie that when I got done with the movie, I stood up in the movie theater, got on the stage, and I gave an altar call. And people were like, their hands were all up, but then I saw the people in the back with flashlights coming towards me. And I still am a little manipulative in that way. So I just said, can everybody just cross the aisles and hold hands? So they held hands and I ran out the back door. God's looking for courageous men and women, listen, who can receive a pass, who can receive one word. It doesn't, I don't need 50 words. I need one word. And if I'll be faithful with one word, the Philippines can be changed. 
If I listen to one word, listen, when, when God spoke that this was going to be your wife, I'm like, this is crazy. She's like eight years older than I am. I don't even like her that much. Well, we we're just friends, right? No kissing, no holding hands, just went to church. She was on the worship team, so I could admire her vocals. She was a good singer. But it's amazing how God can open our eyes. Because in one moment, I'm thinking, okay, I'm not sure I like her too much. Then the next moment, I'm like, oh, man. And I remember saying, Cheryl, I, I, I got to talk to you about something. Can I talk to you? And, you know, she, she's kind of a, she put her hand on her hip. She's like, now listen, we had no relationship yet other than friends at church. She looked at me and she said, what are you going to do, ask me to marry you? She's a prophet too, prophetess. <laughs> God spoke it. I tried to do it. When I came back, she actually told me no. Nope, uh-uh. I asked you, you told me no, guess what? No. She said, but if you are serious, kiss me. I'm like, okay, she knows my story. I'm not kissing nobody until I get married. I thought, Lord, if she's going to be the one, should I kiss her? I gave her a big old kiss. She goes, you are serious. And I remember trying to push and push and push and push to get her to marry me by May. This was like early on in the year by May. And I felt like that was the date. You learn a lot about, when you start catching a lot of passes, you, you know the right way to do it, you know the wrong way to do it. And so I've had to learn the hard way that sometimes when God speaks, it doesn't necessarily mean it's right now. Matter of fact, for some of you would learn a good lesson by this. When God speaks to you, sometimes it's not for anybody else, it's for you. I mean, Joseph found that out. God was speaking to him. He shouldn't have shared it with his brothers as early as he did, but God turned it around for his good. When you and I can get to understand the condition of my heart, number one, it's not about going to prayer. It's about living a life of prayer. It's about understanding that you don't have to get stuck in a closet someplace while the world goes by. It's that you can be involved in the world, but not of it. And you can be open to hear things that other people won't be willing to hear. You've got to monitor your heart. Understand when God, when you draw near to him and he draws near to you, you begin to understand him, but he also reveals you to you. So that means now you have to have a high level of emotional intelligence. You've got to find out what motivates you. You've got to find out what's real and what's flesh. You have to discern, uh, uh, am I insecure? Am I, am I fearful? And, and you've got to identify them so that, not that you can avoid them. They're going to be still thrown at you like fiery missiles or fiery darts, according to Ephesians. But when the darts are coming, you can actually take every one of those darts and take them captive and say, no, I'm not going to be ruled by that thought. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So when I go to a church and I listen to people talk, listen, I, I'm not judging. I'm just simply saying I can find a pervert pretty easy because perverts talk perverted. So I'm going to be careful what I say around that guy. Well, you should, because ultimately the Lord hears everything coming out of your mouth, and it comes out of your mouth because it's already in your heart. 
So when I get to understand my heart and why I say what I do and why I do what I do and my actions, what I do over here, and when I do this over here, when I begin to understand who I am, I can take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of God's word. And I can say Philippians chapter four, verse eight, think on what sort of things are pure, what sort of things are lovely, what sort of things are true. Think, think on these things. And I begin to not let, think about it. How many people in our culture today are getting, they call it confused. It's because they're not taking every thought captive. They're letting every thought come in and swirl around in there and then just decide, well, maybe that's real. It's not real if it doesn't line up with God's word. Matthew 6, 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For uh, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners and that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. If there's anything that we can do going forward to get ready for what God has for us is learn to be real, not religious. Learn to be able to receive a pass. One whisper from heaven can change the course of your life. I think one of the guys up here said, you know what, why don't you just pray about, see if the Spirit leads you to go on a mission field. Can I just, you need to get the let out. Some of you have been praying for mission trips for years. Some of you just need to sign up and go. Well, I don't have the money. This is one of the wonderful things I love about taking people on mission trips. They all come to me with no money. Most of them anyway. Well, I'd go, but I don't have any money. So I've got to be able to turn around and get them in faith. Because if I can get them in faith, they won't be looking at their lack. Lady comes into my office. I'm getting ready to take. Her son wants to go on a, a mission trip with me. And, and she says, you know, I wish you'd quit talking about missions at church. My kid's all excited about it. I live on Social Security. I don't have any money. We, we can't afford to send my kids. I'm listening to her. I said, well, can I pray with you that if God wants your son to go, that you would allow him to go if, if, if God made a way? Oh, brother, she says, now I got to go collect cans. I said, no, no, no. I don't know how God will do it, but if God wants your son to go, would you allow him to go? Yeah, but I don't have the money. I just love that. So, okay, let's go. So she le- I prayed with her. She leaves. About two weeks later, she comes back to me. She says, Pastor, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, no, I'm going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. <laughs> she said, I get Social Security. My check's been the same forever. She said, they mispaid me like... Five years. She said, they, they went back all the way five years and gave me what I didn't give. I'm not only going to send my son, I'm going to send his best friend with him. <clears throat> one whisper, everybody say, one whisper from heaven can change the course of my life. Hebrews chapter 4, 16, let us then with confidence draw near to God to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need It is the cause of a deficient spiritual life when we refuse or we we don't pray. In the military, I I spent about 10 years in the United States Army, graduated from the United States Army Chaplain School. And when, uh, thank you, and when I went, when we would go into a room, 
cafeteria, uh, wherever the, the troops were. We'd go into a gym. We'd, we'd go someplace. When they went in, they called it. This is interesting. When the chaplain would come in, even if he wouldn't give a, a, a sermon or a message, he just entered a room someplace. They called it the ministry of presence. And what that meant was that a lot of the guys had a level of consciousness that when the chaplain would come in, all of a sudden they'd quit swearing. One guy, I walked in an elevator one time. This is another good example. I walked into an elevator uh, in the hospital visiting somebody, and some guy saw me, and they're like, oh, Pastor Dave. He put a cigarette in his pocket. Well, it was all fun and games until smoke started rolling out of his pocket. I'm like, what are you hiding that from me for? I don't care if you smoke. See, there's a consciousness that people have of, let's say, in, in my case, the clergy or, or a chaplain or a, a pastor. They might kind of try to be careful or something, that, that, whatever that is. But what if believers had a, a strong sense of the ministry of presence everywhere they went? And so I stay ready. Alex, I stay ready. I stay ready because what I want to do is I don't want to miss one whisper. And then you get some real people that are a real pain to me, and that's the people that say, well, I think the Lord told me this, but I'm not doing it. I'm thinking, who does that? You don't have a clue about who you're talking to and what you're talking about. God knows what you need better than you do. Do we have any single people in here? What if God already knows who you're going to marry? You don't need to go try everybody out first. You serve God. You, you do what God does. And God in one whisper can say, okay, it's going to be Linda. You go, Linda? I don't even like Linda. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he opens your eyes because you're deaf, dime, dumb, and blind. And you begin to go, oh, Linda. And all of a sudden in just a moment she becomes beautiful. She becomes amazing. And like you now you want to get married. No, but you have to discern what's going on in the inside of you. You don't want to get married. You just have lust. Oh, I got to discern that too? Absolutely you do. Because God's trying to lead his people, listen, to a new season in our country, a new season in our world where people are willing, listen, to die to their flesh and be willing to do whatever God asked them to do, whether it's the Philippines, whether it's Mary Cheryl, whether it's going to the military. I'll never forget the time Cheryl and I go to uh, South Carolina to plant a church. And I go to ch- we go there, and uh, the, the church that we go with, we went as a team. I was kind of like evangelism guy. Cheryl was the worship leader, and the, the pastor led this group to South Carolina. We get there, and uh, through a number of bad choices, he decides he's going to close the church. And so we're like, oh, now what do we do? We just moved out here. We get there, and uh, I'm, I'm, I wake up. I have a dream. The Lord says, I want you to go in, into the army. I want you to become a chaplain. Uh, I want you to be a part of a unit ministry team. And um, so I wake up. I say, Cheryl, the Lord just spoke to me. I'm going to go in the military. She goes, what? This is like something we talked about. This is like something out of the nowhere from a dream. So I get on the phone, and I start talking to the recruiter in South Carolina. I said, sir, do you have such thing as a chaplain's assistant in the United States Army? He goes, yes, we do. He says, but we haven't had one of those opening uh, here in forever. And I hear my wife yell across the room. She said, Dave, if you're going in, I'm not staying here. Take me back home to my mom. We've only been married six months. 
Crazy stuff, right? So I said, oh, never mind. I, I pick up, I hang up the phone, call the next guy. I call the Michigan recruiter here in Detroit. I said, you have such a thing as a chaplain's uh, ministry position, a 71 mic in, 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 uh, in the military? He goes, we do, but we've never had one of those come through here. It's almost nearly impossible. Impos- he, he says, you won't believe this. I go, no, I don't think you're going to believe this. I believe it. He said, someone had just set a 71 mic spot on my desk as we're talking on the telephone. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, ready, get up. You and I have to be ready to be able to catch it, to be able to say, that sounds crazy, that's wild, it's outside my realm, I'm not good enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, but Lord, if you say it, I'm willing to do it. And then the real issue comes down, I, listen, I still do that stuff, and I still miss it sometimes. You can still throw the ball at me, and I What happened? But rather than blaming God, I'm going to begin to examine my own heart and what was the motivation? Why did I say this? Why did I do this? Why did I say yes to this? It is proof that the most part of our life is still under the power of the flesh. Prayer is the pulse of life. By it, the doctor can tell whether the condition of, telling you the condition of the heart. The sin of prayerlessness is a proof for the ordinary Christian or minister that the life of God in the soul is deadly sickness and weakness. Andrew Murray said that if you don't spend time with God and you don't develop this relationship with God, it's, it's, a, it's a deep weakness, it's a deep sickness on the inside of us. God has said things to me that were bigger than me that I could never think or imagine, but when he said it, he gave me the confidence. I was able to talk that self-negative talk, talk it down. Speak life. One time I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm not that valuable. I remember as a teenager just feeling with all my insecurities, I said, Lord, what do you think about? What do you think about me? And here's what he said to me. It was a whisper. Where were you born? Well, I knew where I was born. I I was born in Royal Oak, Michigan. He said, you were born in Royal Oak, I go, that doesn't mean nothing to me. Well, it meant a lot to me. Because I didn't have a father who would build me up and and encourage me and say positive things to me. And when I came to Christ, I realized that Christ, listen, he began to father me. The father began to father my weak deficits, build me up and make me more confident that I really am. Sometimes I'll, I'll close with this, but sometimes I'll get criticized for wearing this ring on my finger because one, one year I... I remember saying to the Lord as a discouraged pastor, I was pastoring our church and things, going through a bunch of stuff, and I said, Lord, I said, would you put a ring on my finger? I saw that you do that with a prodigal son. That morning in church, a young man came up to me, took off his school ring. He graduated from Saginaw Valley State University. And on his ring, it was a big S for Saginaw Valley State University, he, he handed me his ring. And when he handed it to me, he showed me the S on it. And as soon as I saw it, I felt the Lord say, See, you're a son. Crazy stuff. I took the ring, I looked at it, but then I heard his wife, listen to this, I heard his wife being really snarky. That that ring should go to your kids. Don't give it to that pastor. So I heard it, I didn't say nothing about it, but I took the ring and, and I said, 
Pat, here's that ring back. I, you, it accomplished what God intended. It wasn't about the ring. It was about God affirming me and, and letting me know that, that I was his son. Take your ring. That's good. I went back and I began to draw on a piece of paper. I began to draw a picture of a ring on a piece of paper. I showed it to a bunch of guys and a few years went by and they, they went and they, they pitched in and they took the picture that I had drawn and made a ring out of it and uh, gave it to me and, and so I wear it as a, as, a, as a real honor, not only from the men that were around me, but I, it was an honor from the Lord to the Lord literally put a ring on my finger. What am I trying to say this morning? I'm saying that the great strife between the kingdom of heaven and the powers of darkness, enemy, the enemy of your soul is doing everything he can to keep you from hearing, to making you spiritually deaf, to keeping you spiritually down so that one whisper, you won't hear it. And when I take young people on trips, one of the things I'll do, is I'll take them to a very loud place in the river, uh, the Merced River in Yosemite, California, and it's so loud there that you can barely hear each other if you were standing right next to each other talking. So I'll take all the, a busload of kids, 15, 20 kids, and I'll, I'll take them to that spot, and they try talking, they can't hear each other, it's so loud because the, the river is raging, and right now there's, I think they got like 10 feet of snow, can't wait to get there this spring with a group of young people because they're going to be there, and they won't be, and I said, listen, here's what you need to do. When you just hear a little, don't, don't take the things of God casually. When you, when you get a little hint, when you just take, like watch this, ready? Ready, watch this. Watch his response, ready? He flinched a little bit, I saw it. <laughs> That's what we've got to do. And all of a sudden, I'll sit there with them and I'll say, guys, when you go back home from this trip, because the whole trip's about them hearing God's voice. When you go back home, it's going to be loud like this. Everyone's going to have an opinion about everything. Everyone's going to be pulling on you, drawing on you. You've got to be willing to stop, drop, and roll. I think that's what you said. Didn't you, Pastor? You had that with prayer? Stop, drop, and pray. If we would not take that so casually and stop, drop, and pray anytime you have that nudge of the Holy Spirit, you prioritize the voice of the Lord, the whole reason for this, the whole reason that God wants to get his children healthy and whole and, and healed is because he's got work for us to do. He's not calling you to sit in a pew. He's calling you to pay for the pew, if anything. Because some of you are givers. You have the gift of giving. So use that gift. All of you have gifts in this room. You're, you're like a bunch of treasures. You're more precious than rubies and diamonds and God's plans. Listen, you may have failed. You may have sinned. You may have, you may have said, some people said things about you. And you're still talking about it. You know how you know you've really forgiven somebody? When you quit bringing it up. When you keep bringing it up, all you're doing is rehearsing what was said years ago. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Beware in your prayers above everything else of limiting God. Not only by unbelief, but by fancying that you know what he can do. Expect the unexpected. I don't know why it is that we settle for so little when God has so much more for us. And what I want you to see is that prayer is not just a place you go, it's, it's being alert and ready and able to receive what God has for you. First service, 
Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, but for a purpose. That's a purpose because here's what's happening. As I threw that football, God is sending out assignments to every one of us. He's got, some of you need to go to pastors and say, listen, put me in the game. I've been watching everyone else do this for a long time. I need to sign up for something. I need to be a part of something. I need to say yes to God. I got to quit fighting God and say yes to God. I'm going to do what he asked me to do. And if I'm wrong, guess what? I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. But it's always easier to move a car that's in gear than one that's in park. And the body of Christ, for many people, not you here, but for many of them are in park waiting on God. And God says, you're waiting on me. I've done everything I'm going to do for you already. I need you to receive a pass, receive the word, and then do something with it. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. And we are praying for revival, but we're not praying it for everybody else. We're praying it for us. We need you. We need your assignments to find purpose and destiny. We need your life flowing to us and through us to help others. Lord, we wait for a revival when, when revival's here. We just haven't asked our neighbor to come yet. We think revival is numbers. We, we think revival is, is long services. Lord, it's wherever you are is where we want to be. Revive us. Will you stand with me? This morning, there may be some of you in the service that would simply say, listen, I need to be stirred. I got to quit just taking things casually. I, I, I've got to get... I've got to get on the move again. I've got to be willing to say yes sometimes to the little things before God will give you the big things. How many this morning would simply say, Lord, throw me the pass. Throw me a pass, Lord. See, a few of you don't even want to raise your hands now. The Lord wants to throw you a pass. How many people say, yes, I'm open to it? There we go. Now what you have to do is anticipate that God is going to do something for you that you could never have done for yourself. Father, thank you for today. Release your grace. Release your power. Release your word. And we'll give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.